right now we're just kind of in a cloud nine period of a lot of wrestling. It doesn't really matter where you go, where you fit on the spectrum of things. That's why today's episode is called The Spectrum Bridge of Wrestling Fans. No matter where you go, um, you're going to have somewhere to go. One second, guys. All right, sorry about that. So, yeah, no matter where you fit on the spectrum, there's something for everybody. You know, there's a lot of other wrestling I'm leaving out as well. So, uh, this week, or should I say later this week, is supposed to be the start of the draft, which will start this Friday. It's actually smarter because if you started on Monday, you have like the four-day waiting period until SmackDown. So, you do it Friday, then you have the weekend, and then you finish it off on Monday. So, it's actually smarter to do it that way. So, um, I'm actually curious to see how this draft will be presented because this is Fox. The one positive about Fox is that they want to take, they want to treat this seriously like a legitimate sport. So I do think uh, it will come off more as like an actual draft this time. So though I do have my grievances with the Fox Network, and there's a very good possibility that. Uh, Depending on the circumstances of things, I may not be investing in SmackDown Live on Fox going forward, but uh, that's neither here nor there. That's something I would like to go into a little bit later. It uh, looks like John just called in, so let me go ahead and uh, bring in JCD and see how he's doing. Uh, hey, John, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? I'm just on my way home from physical therapy, so just bear with me for uh, a, a few minutes with the, uh, you know, if it's uh, if I cut in and out, so. Oh, it's no problem. It's no problem. How's the weather up there today? It's uh, actually kind of cool down here. It's it's what it should be for this time of year. It's like low sixties, not cold. It's not hot. It's it's a full day, which is perfectly fine. Yeah, it's starting to feel like fall down here. It's uh, a little windy. The leaves are starting to change yeah. colors, so. You know, uh, oh, my mood is a lot better when it feels like it's supposed to. Don't even get me started with leaves. Me and my neighbor are going to have a fist fight. <laughs> oh, I got to do a lot he's of raking? This, he's got this tree in his yard, and it hangs over my yard. And all, oh, I I, all I've done all summer is pick up tree, uh, leaves, six little berries from his and the problem's not him. The problem's not my actual, like, it's his wife. My neighbor would cut the tree down tomorrow if he could. Apparently his wife is all about, you know, oh, no, it's beautiful in the yard. You know, so whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I know. I know exactly how you feel. So, well, I know who I'm going to have I'm to not... send over there. I know who I'm going to have to send mm-hmm. over there to talk to him. Because he made quite a debut yesterday on Periscope. But I think IWC oh, no. Mark's going to have to go over there and talk to my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good t-shirt. And and tell him how he's angry. <laughs> right, so uh, we have today's episode. I named it the, uh, the Spectrum Bridge of Wrestling Fans. Uh, later on, I'm going to go into uh, uh, just a different spectrum of, you know, different fans and whatnot. But uh, we can save that for a little bit later. Um, what what exactly what were you focusing on today? You know, because this was uh this was your get. You know, you wanted to do a special Tuesday well, edition, so. Yeah, I mean, a big chunk of it is the fact that the my my son's daycare is closed on Friday, 
But okay. Yeah, I mean, I know we're coming off a show from Friday. A lot, but I mean, I guess the main things is you know the fallout from Sunday, and I, you know, you and I are probably going to totally disagree on this, but I don't think they handled it as bad as they could have last night. I think last night. I think. Um... I think the worst thing I can say about it, and uh, at first I was like, whatever. Um, but the more I thought about it, I saw a Twitter user who actually brought up a good point. Um, the thing where Seth is in trouble, all the bad things that they ever did with John Cena and all of the bad things that they ever did with Roman Reigns, whether it was like a promo or the outcome of a match where they won and fans thought they should have lost. Basically, whatever bad thing that Cena and Roman ever did that pissed off fans, uh, a fan I saw on Twitter had brought up a point that WWE never went out of their way to hide them. Probably the best example of this would be when Roman beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. The way that Taker left, it really felt like Taker was done. And everybody remembers the night after that great segment where Roman was in the ring and he was trying to talk and the fans kept chanting everything at him and then Roman said, it's my yard now, and he left. Like, regardless of whatever happened with Roman and Cena, they never just ducked him. And like with Seth, him not being on Raw last night, that's not the problem. The problem was two hours into the show and they had not even mentioned anything related to the Hell in a Cell. That's yeah, the bad part. Yeah. That's like yeah. that's I where it just looks like you're Twitter. just hiding. Yeah, like I made a joke on Twitter, so I guess the first rule of Hell in the Cell is we don't talk about Hell in the Cell. <laughs> um, right, right. If you were if you were a casual who had missed like if you if you had like if you were busy on the weekend and if you didn't even know Hell in the Cell happened and you just tuned in watching Raw last night, you would never have even known there was a pay per view last and, night. And and you, know, you know what's so infuriating? Too, when they finally did address it, the way they did it with that video package recapping everything and the way they explained it, they didn't do a terrible job with it. It's not like, okay, here it is, just whatever, you know. They actually did a good job of, you know, bringing it all together last night. Um... I thought holding Rollins back last night was good, not only because of the fact that he would have gotten eaten alive, but you know what? He sold the beating at the end. Excuse me. And that's that's another thing they've made a mistake of. And like you brought up with Cena, with Roman, even Rollins, when fucking Brock murdered him, you know, out of the ambulance, you know, that leading into SummerSlam, Rollins was back the next the next week. Okay, granted, they had him hobbling around, but it was still, Rollins was there. You know, they, you know, they haven't actually sold where, oh, my God, this is going to lead to so-and-so being out of action for whatever, two weeks, let's say, whatever, right? Whatever the case is. They don't do that, but last night, and yes, it is because the fact the crowd would have murdered him last night, okay? But at least they used that as a way to sell the beating at the end. And considering the shit show 
Sunday, Sunday was not a was not a shit show, but Sunday is an example that it's not fair, but it is what it is. And wrestling, a show is only as good as the way it starts and the way it ends. You can have the best show ever, but if it ends in a really shitty way, it brings down the whole show. It's like watching a movie. You can watch a really great movie, but if the ending is like really underwhelming, it's gonna affect your view on the whole movie. You know what I mean? That's yeah. wrestling, and yeah. and the the and whole show as a whole was fine. It started off right. that Becky Sasha Hell in a Cell match was really good. It, it, it was, right. you know, you know. But that didn't make the, the headline. That main event did. Oh yeah, no, I know. And then you got the Roman Bryan match, which wasn't, which was wasn't bad at all. Ali mm-hmm. Morton wasn't bad. Like you, you were kind of piecing together. You know, if they would have ended it the right way. You, you know, you were piecing together what would have quietly been a sneaky good show. Not great, not eventful. Yeah, but still I'm, not, I'm not really concerned about, about Seth or, or Bray. My, my big concern really is, you know, because it's one thing for a company to do something once, but then when they do it twice, that's when you have to kind of put your foot down and you have to acknowledge that oh, there's hell, a pattern. That's, that's, that's yes, two years yes. in a row. Bray wasn't Bray. castrated. Seth wasn't castrated. Hell in the Cell is officially worthless. Yeah, it's, it's it's time to get rid of that as a pay-per-view. They can keep it as a yeah. as a as a gimmick match, of course. But uh, this this pay-per-view, and I've felt this way for for quite some time now. I remember the first time I felt this was years ago. This was back during the uh, the early days of um, I think it was 2010, if I recall correctly. The Nexus was around. I remember Randy Orton uh, was WWE champion, and I, or was it Sheamus? One of the two. It was either Sheamus or no, I think it, no, it was Sheamus. Sheamus was champion. Sheamus was champion, and he fought Orton. And Hell in the Cell. This was 2010, and um, I remember uh, watching that way back then. And the match was good, but it felt like something was missing. And I'm like, oh, well, what's missing is uh, it wasn't a blood feud. It, it, it was right. the match because Sheamus was champion, and Orton just happened to be the challenger on that particular month. And yep. because he was the challenger on that particular month and because Sheamus was the champion on that particular time, mm-hmm. then they just happened to have a match in Hell in a Cell yep. at that particular period in time. And I realized that's not what a Hell in a Cell should be. The Hell in a Cell no. is, a, is a match that should be used for a blood feud, for two people to hate each other. But more importantly, Hell in a Cell should be used as a feud ender. That's kind of what the point. Like it was, the, it ended the feud between. Well, it didn't end the feud between Sean and Taker, but it was a a big turn in the feud. But basically, Hell in a Cell is not. It should not be used to just be another match in a feud. Right. And I, that was the realization I, I had, like I eight, nine, nine I, years ago, or whatever. Are, you are one million percent right. <clears throat> War Games, right. And the War Games never had the Steiner Brothers versus Doom. Just be caught. You right. know what I'm saying? Um, mm. You know, yeah, I agree. And Hell in the Cell has lost its concept along the way. I will agree with you with on that one million percent. You have you so what they need to do now is they uh, right. So now it's probably about, going into 2020. They probably need to, they need to get rid of it and just think of some other new pay per view. So, and to be honest with you. 
it needs you need some some time behind it. That's the other thing mm-hmm. too. Like, it's one thing to get rid of the event, right? But then it's another thing to turn around and um, you know, get rid of it in a sense of you know, get you know, let it let it breathe for a while. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I agree. So, so going forward, you know, like it didn't really matter what happened. It didn't really matter what happened between Bray and Seth. I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. To be honest with you, because it, it, I, I, I've seen this sentiment grow a little more yet late yesterday. That mm-hmm. you know what, if this was a different type of match, that ending would have been just fine. But because of what it was, that's what pissed people off more so than yeah, than yeah, what not they, just that. There was a there was a line that happened as well, and I remember that's the same shit that uh, they did during the the Cena Bray thing, which uh, I've always given a pass to, but I understood why fans were upset about it. You know, when Cena fought Bray, there was that moment where he took the chair, thought about hitting Bray, and there was a line a referee used. It was really cringe, pissed off a lot of people. Where referee said this isn't who you are. <laughs> People were like, get the fuck out of here. You don't say stuff like that in a wrestling match. But I always gave that match a pass because technically that match between Cena and Bray, that was a singles match. That was that was not a no DQ. It wasn't a street fight. It wasn't a hardcore match. Should it have been? Probably. But that's another story altogether. Seth Bray, on the other hand, that is a hell in a cell. It is no DQ Anything goes. So any type of, like, kayfabe respect goes to hell. So for the ref to tell staff, like, this isn't who you are, like, that's, as, as, the, as the UK piece would say, bugger off, like, which is their way of yeah. saying fuck yeah. off. So that was kind of cringe a little bit. I didn't even notice that the first time because I was actually, when I saw it the first time, I had some um, family over, and so the volume was low. But then I, I rewatched it the second time, and I realized the ref did say, this isn't who you are. And I'm like, oh, God, that's that's not good to say that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, but um, uh, it, it is what it is. I mean, the I get what they were going for. In the sense that Bray finally got Seth to snap, like that was the whole, you know, that was the whole gist of the Cena thing. Was could Bray get Cena to go to this place and do things that he would never normally do? And I, I thought that, you know, lost in all the backlash of, you know. The ending, I thought that was something that, you know, they finally tapped into. Like, they always had guys resist and not go, you know, to that place. You know, they did it with, you know, they did it with Cena. That scene at WrestleMania 30 where Wyatt's on his knees with his arms open and Cena's holding the chair, but then Cena puts the chair down. Even with Roman, you know, it was, you know, oh, they're finally going to get Roman to snap. And it never happened. One of the things that's going to get lost in this is he got set to snap, you know, and it's just another, I think it was Aaron who like questioned me when I mentioned this. I was like, you know, they kind of going, you know, they kind of went a different way with Seth that could be a different 
layered to this eventually down the line, you know, and he right, was receptive to it. But right, and what like, I said from day one, and, and I don't want to come off like a, a negative Nancy. I've always felt this way for for years, right? Because this isn't a recent thing, so I don't want fans to think that like this is me bandwagoning on the like let's hate on staff stuff. Like I've, I've never hated him. You know, he's a great in-ring worker. But as far back as when the Shield first debuted, even before that, like I've mentioned this to you like several times, you know, as a yeah, no, as a fan who was more never, of an alternative he's never, fan. He's never been your he's never been your cup of tea, and then that as a as a as a character, not as a wrestler, right, as a character. Right. When the guys character, when there were yeah. certain guys in Ring of Honor when they left, there were grown men crying saying, "Please don't go." Mm-hmm. When Brian Danielson, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, CM Punk, when they left. There were literal right. grown men crying, you know, and and even today, like even even though Ring of Honor is not as big as it used to be, there are guys like Jay Lethal, Jay Briscoe, we, like yeah. if they were to leave, if they if were they to leave, leave it's you know. Be, but I remember when I remember job. when Tyler Black was there. When when Tyler Black left, it was like no one cared. He was okay. a great wrestler. Yeah, like, I remember okay. when he was there, but like he didn't have that character connect. When they debuted the Shield, I thought it was cool. Because they gave Seth like the, I mean, obviously his natural hair color is black, but then they gave him like the blonde streak in the middle. Mm-hmm. Thought that was cool. I always remember that first match the Shield had with uh, Team Hell No and Ryback, and I and thought Ryback, it was cool yeah. that they established, right? And I thought it was really cool that they established in that match that Seth was kind of like the crazy daredevil of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember what I remember the most about it was uh, that first sit-down interview they did where it was. Uh, Ambrose, uh, Roman, and Rollins, and I think it was Michael Cole asking them questions. That's the, the yeah. famous one where they asked nope. uh, they asked him if they were yeah. working for Punk, and then Ambrose was like, "Nope," and he just had that sarcastic look. Yeah. Well, I remember watching that was I was like, "Okay." I mean, they they talked to Roman. I remember they asked Roman. It was like, "Roman, do you have anything to say?" And uh, I forgot, I forgot exactly the the exact word they said. Uh, I, I think someone said, "Roman, you don't talk much, do you?" And then Roman was like when I have something to say, and, like, that was it. But I remember, yeah. like, in that yeah. segment, they they got over the fact that Roman was, like, the quiet badass who doesn't, yeah. who doesn't say much, but when he does, people listen. Ambrose was, like, the unhinged one where you never could trust him. But then mm-hmm. from a promo perspective, Rollins was just sort of there. Like, he never really brought anything to the table promo-wise. Now, in the matches, when they were doing the 3v3 stuff, like, it didn't matter because Roman and Ambrose were there to protect the fact that, from a promo perspective, Seth was the weakest. And, and Rollins always had those hot tags where he would just, like, tag in when, like, Roman or Ambrose were in peril. So, like, when they were together as a unit, it was cool. That's why the Shield was so good because all three of them together as a unit, they covered up for the other guys' weaknesses, mm-hmm. which is really why that was so good. Then when they turned them, when they turned them heel, which to this day is the beta, it was the wrong person to turn. But we can't sit here and, I mean, they, what's done is done. They chose see, Seth. See, and, that I disagree with. And I'll tell you why the wrong person turned. And I'll tell you why I disagree with that a little. Only because mm. of how they went, with, what they went with in as, you know, with Seth turning heel. Ambrose I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't, that, well, before, before you Ambrose go into that, I, don't, I can't say that he was the wrong person. The only thing I can say is, I, I can't say if Seth was the wrong or right guy. The only issue I have was when they suffered that loss to the Wyatt family, 
they suffered it because Ambrose Weston, because he was feuding with Bray. Right. You know, remember, he, he him and Bray went out somewhere. Yep. That went nowhere. I always thought that should yep. have led to something, and it, and it didn't. Now, could that mm-hmm. have led to Ambrose turning? I don't know. But I always thought that they dropped the ball. That should have led but to something, and forgets. it didn't. See, but hang on a second. The rematch on that Raw in Chicago, Rollins right. walked out. That's true. That's true. And and the reason yeah. why I say the reason why I say I, I will always argue people who say the wrong guy turned. Okay. For what for what they went with and, and listen, I'll be the first to admit, Ambrose as a heel was natural, it would have printed money. Okay? I'm not and I'm not talking about the shit mm-hmm. from last year. I'm talking about if you would have made Ambrose a legit heel, it would have worked and it would have printed money. But for the guy that the authority would have gotten to and then would have been able to quasi-control, Rollins was the perfect guy for that. It wouldn't have worked with the Ambrose character. And Roman was still way too green. And the problem with Roman turning would have been you would have had Big Show with the authority, you would have had Kane with the authority. And who knew what was going on with Batista? You were just going to have another big guy, you know, a bigger guy. With the, it wouldn't have worked. That's why Rollins made sense. You know, when you look at what they went with, you know, the corporate guy, the next guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like think back to 2015. What his 2014, 2015. What his character was. It it was it was Rollins, and I think Rollins of the three also needed it the most. Ambrose was always going to be fine on his own. Roman, you could tell by his size, by his look, they were going to put a rocket on him and and you know shoot him beyond the moon. It was Rollins. What would Rollins have done by himself if he wasn't with? The authority for that time, and that's why it needed to be Rollins. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know, now getting back to this whole thing, I don't know what next Monday is going to bring. You know, no one really kind of knows. Um, it's, you know, it, it's very. I don't know if they could wait. I I know there was the original, apparently, Sunday night. um, It was announced the rematch was at Survivor Series. Because, obviously, um, Rollins is going to be the captain of Team Hogan. And, you know, that's at Crown Jewel. So, you're not getting the rematch at Crown Jewel. I don't know if you could push this. To Survivor Series because the problem is too Survivor Series is late November I think it's November 24th or 25th That's a big Gap you're going to send Rollins out there To fucking die Okay Over the next six seven Weeks I'm going to say This now I know Nothing in advance about this But I think Do not be surprised If they get Desperate to get out of this, 
and also to pop a rating, because let's be honest, that's what it would be about. They're going to do Rollins and Wyatt on Raw, and Wyatt's going to beat them then. And then you could do the rematch at Survivor Series, but the rematch with Seth as the challenger. But I'm telling you, I really believe, and I'd be shocked if they don't go this route, that they're going to, sooner, before we get to Survivor Series, they're going to put that belt on Wyatt on a Raw. Well, that's fine with me. So, you know, but at the end of the day, I agree with, uh, you know, referee uh, Jimmy Corderas, who I did post his video on PWP. And, you know, really at the end of the day, the the real issue goes to creative. Like if you, if you don't want to take the belt off Seth because you feel like you just put it back on him and you don't want to put the belt on Bray because this is a second right. view. What's like if this is how you really then? feel. Right, right. Yeah, so then why are we doing this to you then? Like you could why have given we, Bray I, something I, else yeah. to do. You know, you like the one yeah. that got me, you like know. the one that fans kept speculating with was, uh, I know they used them for the first time last night. Um, the one that fans kept speculating with was, you know, when Aleister Black was doing those segments, he kept talking about mm-hmm. the door. Somebody knock on this door. And then while yeah. that's going on, they were doing the Bray segments where he's like, let me in, let me in. So many fans mm-hmm. were speculating, are they going to do Black and Bray? Yeah. Or is this some type of thing where, like, Bray will recruit Black? Because yeah, they both kept talking enough, about metaphorical doors. Yeah, but the problem is that's another feud that who goes over. Well, see, the thing about it was the the word the word language of both wasn't necessarily confrontational. Like Black just kept he just kept simply saying, "Yeah, but that's what somebody knock on the gonna, door." They're not gonna they're not gonna turn Black heel. They they have he they wouldn't have be booed though. Black. They're not gonna they're not gonna boo Bray. The fans aren't booing Bray. I don't know. That's I don't problem. know that's if they're the, gonna turn Bray. I don't know if they're gonna. I, I you know, I, that's I don't know. That's the main problem with Bray. Gonna... Like from the from the very beginning, the main problem with Bray is that the fans have never wanted to boo him. They've embraced yeah, him here, as a face for like four years now. I'm not. Yeah, but here's the problem. Here's the problem. If you turn Bray's face, okay. Yes, you could still do the Firefly Funhouse stuff, but then your booking of the Fiend character. Turn completely different. Not from the fact that it could work, dude. Look at Crow Sting. Look, look at Crow Sting. Look at Monster Kane. Yeah. You've had these demonic characters be faces before. You just have to have the roster to support it. You see what I'm saying? Sting was mm-hmm. like more of an anti hero that turned face. And then Monster Kane, um, I don't exactly know what it was about Monster Kane, um, but like I'd say from late 2000 to early 2001. Like whenever he came out, like fans just exploded. He just like he was super I know, but, over. But that's but I almost feel like you humanize them at that point. In the it can work if you have a roster to support for, it. That's yeah, the but, problem. Yeah but, you know, yeah, but here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm trying to say. The problem is if you turn Wyatt's face, when he enters into these feuds, sooner or later somebody's gonna have to get heat on him as a heel. It does not Well, work. he doesn't have to be Wyatt a face. Does... He's got to be an he could, he could be an anti-hero like Crow Sting. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but still, still Sting eventually Sting took beatings from the NWO. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, eventually. It, it, yeah, that's the problem is that you want to build a feud. Okay, let's say you turn Wyatt's face. Let's say you do it. And he's going to feud with let's say AJ for the world title. Let's just say you you, put, you turn Wyatt's face, you put the belt on him, and AJ, you're going to do this big Wyatt-AJ feud. 
sooner or later, the OC is going to have to beat the shit out of Fiend. Do you really want honestly, to do they that? Should, honestly, I, they I should. Like, that would that would be that would be that would actually be that would be like a that would be a triple hitter. If you do AJ versus the Fiend, not now, but soon. Like as like as an example, right? Let's just say this Rollins stuff isn't even happening. Say say mm-hmm. Bray's not even feuding with Rollins. Say he's feuding with somebody right. else. I don't care. Just pick somebody, anyone. Right. You could have the Fiend just pick off random people. Um, for the rest of this year, for the rest of this calendar year. And what I would do is in the War of Rumble, um, I would have The Fiend, like, show up, probably, like, at number two or number three. Um, or what you could do is you could do – what you could do is you could have number one be AJ, and you could have number two be The Fiend. And then you could have The Fiend eliminate AJ at Rumble. But then the OC, right. who is not in the Rumble, they come out, because like because because the fiend eliminated AJ, then you could have they're the gonna, OC come out. They're gonna kind of like kind of like they did right, with Lesnar a few years ago. Right, right, right. So then they're gonna they're gonna eliminate the fiend, and then they're gonna jump him, and then while they're jumping the fiend, the rumble is continuing as as normal. You know, because they, they've done this before. And so then, yeah. Um, by doing that, you're doing three things. One, you're giving an AJ a big feud. Two. You're making, you're kind of putting sympathy on the fiend, but you're not making him a full blown face because all he did was he just eliminated AJ. He followed the rules. Right. But number three, I feel like if you if you paid this off with a big U.S. title match with AJ versus the fiend, you would finally have a U.S. champion who could no. bring some prestige Stop to the right belt. There. You know. Stop right there. You don't do AJ Wyatt for the U.S. title. Well, the you, problem with the U.S. Have, belt is it doesn't mean you anything. Have, listen to me. Listen to me. Wyatt, why would Wyatt be U.S. champion? What you do well, you to gotta give do that something with more belt. heat. Listen to me. Now, that's what I'm getting to. Okay. You have A.J. defending the belt against whoever. Okay, on a random Raw. Cedric, Ricochet, whoever comes over from the draft. And cocky A.J. dominating. And then the lights go out. Even if AJ just gets rolled up and loses the title that way. Because remember, you could play the whole thing that now the Fiend is going to take from you. You know? And and you could do it like that. I, I, I'm down with 99% of what you said. Just I don't need that feud to be for the U.S. title. That's the only thing. That's the only thing I would tell you. I would say differently, but I, I I could see that. My whole fear is with turning them faces. Eventually, you got to humanize them a little. And I I don't know if this character right now. And I know the crowd is going to play a big factor in this because sooner or later they're just not gonna they're not gonna boom. You know they're not. You know, short. See, of... I feel like I feel like one of the things that I would like to see more of is when I first saw the uh, Firefly Funhouse. I thought they were going to go in the uh, the uh, Joseph Park Park and Park direction. I, I love the Joseph Park character so with too. TNA. I, yeah, and I, 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 thought so I, I still too. think I thought they we can. were going to get Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because you know what you could do, and I, I don't know if you could do it with with this Rollins feud, but let's say on the flip side, let's say he stays heel. 
right? You could turn around and whoever he's feuding with, right? Let's say they're getting beat down one night. You could have Bray come out and make the save. But then you're still facing the fiend at TLC. You, you, you know what I'm the saying? Like, I'm getting, yeah, the, the impression it gives me is I'm getting like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of thing. You know, yeah, like Bray's I, got I, nothing personal, but the fiend does. So, you know, that kind right. of thing, if they want to go that far. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. Like, there's, there's something – you can get creative with that mm. under the right set of circumstances and really kind of add another layer to this now. Like, just when you think, you know, um, what you call it? Just, you know, just when you think, oh, it's all about just the fiend, now you add Wyatt to the mix, and it's a different animal. And vice versa, too. You could have the fiend if he's going to stay a heel, but then you could have Wyatt feud with a heel. <laughs> you know, like, play that, that contradict like, that conflict both ways, kind of, you know, and... Yeah, I mean, there's a million and one things you could do with it. It's just, again, you know, and I won't, I'm not, you're not going to get an argument out of me. If you weren't ready to do a change, then you should have never went here. All right. And that's not Rollins' fault. That's not Wyatt's fault. That's Vince's fault at the end of the day. Because I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I, 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 I refuse to believe that Heyman pushed for this. No, no, he, he didn't. Right From the now. very beginning when they brought in uh, when they brought in Heyman and when they brought in Bischoff, although Bischoff's role is, is questionable, but when they brought in Heyman, it was very obvious to me what the deal here is. The deal is, is that Heyman is a heat magnet. He's a heat shield. So at the end of the day, like, it, it doesn't matter what Heyman, or theoretically speaking, Bischoff ran to the table. At the end of the day, the person that makes the final call is Vince. So for all we yes. know, Heyman or Bischoff could have great ideas, and then Vince could say, yeah, let's well, take this idea, and let's do this and that, you know. Supposedly, Vince is letting Heyman do his thing. That's why, is Raw where it should be yet? No. But anyone who sits there and says from July on, Raw hasn't at least improved, is blind, or is mm. just saying it for the sake of saying it. Raw, raw to me is, is yeah. Raw, raw to me is fine. The only weakness of Raw is when I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on Raw for this because this is a WWE issue in general, as I've discussed with you. The only issue with Raw is the tag division, but in Raw's defense, that's a WWE weakness in general. Uh, the the best that, right. that is featured is on is on NXT, but the tag right. matches. More so on Raw than SmackDown, and I think the reason why Raw stands out to me is because of Raw's three hours. So on Raw, right. there's just a lot more meaningless tag matches that are just there to kill time. Yeah. Whereas on SmackDown and NXT, when they do have tag matches, although the division is still weak, it does feel like on NXT and SmackDown that the tag matches mean more. Like, they, they, they lead to stuff. Like, as an example, mm-hmm. uh, the most recent SmackDown on Fox, we had a tag match where Charlotte made Bailey tap out. And from that, she got a title match against Bailey. 
at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. So, like, that's an example of a tag match leading to something. Raw has a lot of tag matches that don't lead to anything. They're just there specifically to kill time. So, you know, other than that, like, everything else looks good. Yeah, I mean, and as far as the tag teams go on Raw, we'll see what happens after next Monday. But you know what? And this is definitely 1,000% a Heyman thing. Look at the Viking Raiders. For weeks, everybody was like, why are they facing enhancement talents? Why are they just cutting these weird promos? Because it was getting you acclimated with them. Go back to the night that Cedric brought them out as his partners. They got a great freaking reaction. And they've been, they've been getting over since. And what did they do? They teamed with Cedric to help Cedric against the OC. Then they, what you call it, they faced the OC. Now they moved up. They actually have done, and you've heard me talk about this, they laddered, progressed the Viking Raiders to the point where now they are going to get a tag title shot next week. That's what you do. And I expect that match will have a screwy finish, which is fine because you've got, you know, this big monster tag team and these well-put-together but still sneaky and conniving heels in Rudin Ziegler. Why wouldn't Rudin Ziegler have a backup plan for next week? That's fine. Right. That's, not, that's not an issue at all. You know, that's... That's the way it should go, and that's the Heyman thing. I need to see what Raw is going to look like after next Monday. I've said this to you. We've had this conversation a million times. Realistically, if you take the top teams of the division, and I'm not talking about the Hawkins and Riders of the world, you know, but if you look at, like, the base of what the division is, okay, I'm talking about the Revival, the Usos, New Day, OC, War Raiders. Uh, why do I feel like I'm missing somebody? Well, well we've got the authors of Fame. Once they get those re-packaged. five alone, those five alone, I'll put it up against anyone else based on pure in-ring ability and talent and potential including 99-2000-2001. That five core, is, it's really good. The problem is, well, we got to put two on one show. we got to put three on another show. You know, you don't have them all together. Like, we've talked about this a million times. Yes, the APA, Dudleys, Hardys, Edge and Christian, yes, they all rotated the tag belts. But there was never a time when any of those teams won the belts from each other where you looked at it, complained, and said, why the fuck did they do that? Because it made sense. If you've got these five teams, and I don't know what show you put them on, if you wanted to have just one tag division, and I think this is kind of, the thing with the revival, I think this is what the revival is trying to get at with everybody, is make one division, you build it around those five, go get out and get a sixth or seventh team, okay? And you know what? It will work. 
it will all work within itself. And that's what that. that's WWE's problem. The problem is is that you gotta have, you know, two belts for two shows. Don't same thing with the women. Although you can make a case that maybe the women do need to be split up. They just need to be split up better based on, you know, the core like we were talking about last night. But, you know, devote one to one show and that's it. You know? And, you know, that's the problem with the tags of it is that it's there. It's there. This is not 2009, 2010, 2011, where there were literally, like, no tag teams. Like, it was the Hart Dynasty, the Usos early on, and then Legacy, and then nobody else. And then it was, like, your Drew McIntyre, Cody Rhodes teaming together, you know, Santino and Kozlov. You know, a, a, a bad Gabriel Heath Slater tag team. You don't need those. You need, you know, you need real solid teams together. And like I said, part of that is, you know, leaving it all on one show so you won't have to worry about, well, you know, we need to spread it out, you know, three different, you know, two different ways. You yeah, know. I agree with that. All right, we got uh we got K and me calling in from uh, the LA area. Hey K and me, how you doing, man? Hey guys, it's actually Tom. Just giving a call in. I'm driving driving to work, listening to the show. Hey Tom, how you guys doing? Good. Hey, yourself, man? Your name was Tom. Yeah, Tom. You guys talking about like modern today wrestling, or I I was gonna hop in and yeah. talk about that, but I could hop in either era. Oh, I'm sorry. You had the same area code that a uh, friend of mine named Kami has. Um, uh, welcome, Tom. This oh, is an nice. episode of Unpopular. Uh, right now, we're just talking about uh, mainly just uh, the state of the tag division in WWE. So, uh, you know, you can share your thoughts if you want. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like, I think for the last, things have gotten, and I can't really remember if they were this bad prior to like six or seven years ago. I think they already kind of were. Like things have gotten especially bad over the six or, se- or, or over the last six or seven years. I think a because we're analyzing a lot more, and b because like it's become very apparent that our analysis on this product is almost pointless because it's the simplest thing that we can think of. Like I really do think like Vince McMahon is does sit back there as like a one-person committee, and there are a bunch of people that probably have better ideas, that probably pitch better ideas, that probably have a more coherent vision for things, but it's like an ADHD style of booking, and if he doesn't care about something or if he thinks something is funny, it really does go out there, and I think what's, what's been kind of crazy about the last, I don't know, 10 years or so is like the, uh, like kind of the curtain has been pulled back on WWE a bit is just that like all of the craziest things we ever thought about Vince McMahon are actually like true and then some it seems like right like it's I just I just don't think they think about the tag division at all I think it's a complete afterthought it's booked like a complete afterthought I think that the tag division is basically treated to attempt to like it's a combination of some tag teams that matter like and then some like failed wrestlers that are thrown together randomly because they don't know what else to do with them and then they tend to give the belts to these failed wrestlers that they don't know what to do with because they push them poorly 
So, like, I mean, think of who's dominated the tag team. Like, like Sheamus and uh, uh, Cesaro, that actually was just luck that that worked out. Like, that, that turned out well, but then they split them up again, and now Cesaro's a, like a good hand, essentially, at this point. But, like, I mean, look, they've, they've basically been handed. NX, NX, like, NXT basically handed them the, the keys to rebuilding the tag uh, a division, and what have they done with them? The, the Viking Raiders like, were pushed and then taken off television, and now they're kind of being pushed again, but, like, they're given no personalities other than being the Vikings. They split up um, American Alpha for no reason uh, so that they could make Jason Jordan Kurt Angle's son and call Chad Gable Shorty Gable. <laughs> like, they, like, AO, AOP, they put, they, they, the most, the the thing that most people identify with them in the in the main roster is what's his face pissing his pants. Like they were handed a ready-made tag division, and they ruined all those guys. Just like they ruined Oscar. Just like they ruined Shinsuke. Like it's not a coincidence here. Like it's just it's uh like I'd love to over I'd love to analyze this. It's just like they don't care. That's the problem. It seems like they just don't care, and it's booked like they don't care. So, if they don't care, or or if they care for three weeks and then stop caring again, like it's, it's not going to get fixed unless well, someone is like specifically well, assigned and has full control over it. Well, let me let me let me touch on that, and and y- y- you're right. You know, with a lot of the, you know, with a lot of what you said. The one thing that I will say that I I think at least on the raw side, it really looks like it's starting to change is because Heyman's at the helm. I And you're seeing that. You're seeing that, you know, ever since Heyman took over, the Viking Raiders have reemerged to the point where they're getting a tag title shot next week. AOP, I, I want to see how this plays out in front of a live crowd with this new version of AOP. Oscar as a heel, okay, I can get I can get I can get I can get down with that. The, what worries I, me and, and I don't yeah. know if you were on when we were talking about it is eventually this is gonna get to SmackDown. And that's the problem. The problem with SmackDown being, you know, what it is is the problem is that coming in, Bischoff had admittedly had no clue what was going on. So you've got, you know, a guy who you think is going to be somewhat in charge of creative process over there, yet he's got no clue. And admittedly, admittedly has no clue about what's going on. So now you're going to hand him, let's just say for argument's sake, you're going to hand him the revival, new day, and let's just say the street prophets. He's not going to know what the fuck to do with them. But like you said, Tom, to, to a, a great point, he's going to know that, um, Let's say Sami Zayn's not doing anything, and neither is, I don't know, let's say Sheamus comes back, and they've got nothing for Sheamus. Well, all right, well, 
hey, let's put it, let's put these two guys in a team together. And you're right. Right. That's that that's that's what you have to be worried of. I wouldn't worry about it so much with Raw. I think Heyman has got things to a point where, you know, it, it's going to take still take time, and it's been taking time. But I, I think with certain things, and I think you've seen it with the tag division a little bit, because that was a big thing in ECW. Um, you're seeing somewhat of an improvement there. The key is going to be what they do going forward more so is do they merge it all onto one show, which would be the best thing to do, or is at least Heyman going to take the teams that matter and say, okay, let me at least build the division on Raw. And you know what? If Eric doesn't know what he's doing on SmackDown, it's one less thing he's got to worry about. Let's see yeah, what happens after Monday night. And then, you know, and then on top of that, give Heyman a month to establish who and what he wants to establish. I think it's an interesting point. I mean, my main worry with the Heyman of uh, Bischoff part, I do believe Heyman at this point, like, speaks his mind and is more willing to stand up for what he thinks is kind of like the right thing to do in certain uh, situations. But, like, A, the problem with Bischoff is, A, I, I think you're right. I, I don't think Bischoff's really ever proven he's that good at booking a product outside of turning Hogan heel, right? Like, so that's one. Mm-hmm. But, B, I also think, like, I don't actually think Bischoff has very much control anyways. I mean, like, Vince McMahon was still so upset about the WCW thing that, like, he beat Sting at WrestleMania and, like, had the announcers be, like, the final nail in the coffin to WCW, and that was, like, 18 years later. So, like, the odds he's, like, actually letting Bischoff do anything except, like, be the figurehead of, like, I'm going to blame him if SmackDown doesn't go right is, is pretty minimal. I do think, though, like, when is the last time that a tag team championship match or a tag team feud was built out of anything except matches where the title holder lost in a non-title match or something like that. Like when was the last time that we saw like four promos by a tag team leading up to a tag team match? When is the last time we saw a tag team title match with a contract signing? When is the last time we saw like a tag team title match that was built with like a normal storyline that exists? Like they're just, they, they don't, they don't put very much effort into it. And my worry is just at this point, like, A, having two different tag team belts is ridiculous. You know, you, you shouldn't be doing that. But, like, I, I don't know. Like, there's, they'd have to do this. Like, even, like, the U.S. title. Like, Cino held the U.S. title. They kind of brought a prestige back to that for, like, six months. And then they just forgot about it. Like, there's, there's nothing – there's nothing that makes me think that the tag team title belts on the main roster are going to matter that much. And that's why, to be honest, I think the best chance to have a good tag team division is like, get some of these guys back down to NXT and like, just let that breathe again. Because right now it's just like, I just, I have no faith that they can hold focus on this. I'm sure they could throw together three to four months, maybe even six months. But they'll forget about it again. They'll mess it up. We have 15 years of evidence they're going to do that. Um, I mean, like, look at that Hell in a Cell on, on Sunday. Like, and then look at Raw yesterday. Like, if you want to talk about a company that does not hold themselves accountable for anything, like, they put on basically for no reason at all in, a, in an 
like, and, and it was all of the sins of their past that built up to that pay-per-view, right? Like, that pay-per-view that's unpromoted uh, in, a, in a month where you're launching with Fox and all these other things is, like, the perfect time where if you had, like, if you well, that, turned that was Cesaro the into too, a is that, yes. is that there were 17 million other things going on that it just became, oh, yeah, by the way, we've got a pay-per-view Sunday. That, that's... Yeah, that's what it was. It was a case of no, but that's their and, fault. Like, then how do you exactly? Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not defending that, yeah. but that that at the end of the day, that's what happened. It was, you know, you knew when this Fox deal was coming. Okay, granted, you didn't know about NXT going to USA. You didn't know about you know the exact date of AEW. Okay, when when you've got to book a pay per view, I give you. But you knew your Fox deal was coming up. So at the very least, stay clear of a pay-per-view that weekend just based on that alone, you know? But even – Because – Right. You, you, what do you – you wait – you've built all this time. Oh, we've got the season premiere of Raw, which had whatever it was, four title matches. We've got SmackDown on Fox with this big KO Shane McMahon match and, you know, what Brock and Kofi. How are you going to – Put anything together for right. your Hell in a Cell pay per view forty eight hours later. Hell in a Cell should have been two weeks either before or two weeks after all of this. But my issue, you know, my issue is not the timing because look, at the end of the day, right? They 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 book these they they get these pay per views dates scheduled probably a year out. So there's not much they could do about that. My issue is this: if they knew knew seven weeks, forget if a, a year ago, forget six months ago. Six weeks ago, they knew how hectic this week was going to be. You do not put The Fiend versus Seth Rollins on this meaningless pay-per-view. Like, it's that easy. Well, that, like, that's, don't do yeah. That. We'll, that's just, what that's do you what think? it comes like, back to as well. Is that like, why are you even booking that match? Pay-per-view. Exactly. It's a meaningless pay-per-view. You obviously don't have an ending where you feel they can both look strong. You're not ready to put the belt on The Fiend. You have Becky versus Sasha in a, in a Hell in a Cell, which could have main evented the pay-per-view. Maybe that's not the greatest main event of all time, of course, but, like, you could have main evented the pay-per-view. You could have thrown Seth Rollins against freaking, I don't know, like, someone AJ. Else, like AJ, sure. You could that's have just rematched AJ. Seth Rollins versus AJ and, uh, and fine. Like, yeah, the pay-per-view would have sucked, and everyone would have said it would have sucked, but it wouldn't have gone down as, like, a historical suck where we watch, like, Seth Rollins shopped Home Depot for 19 minutes, and then like the Fiend, like basic, like basically, the, I mean, you basically turned Seth Rollins into Roman Reigns while like trying to, I guess, get across the point that the Fiend can survive like murder attempts and still not be pinned or something. Like it's just like it's just, like it hurt something. everyone for no reason. Tom, let me ask you something. Let me ask yeah. you something. And everything you're saying is 100% valid. Let me ask you this about the ending Sunday night. If that wasn't inside Hell in the Cell, and that was a regular match and that ending happened, would you have hated it as much as, it, as, as you did because it was inside Hell in a Cell? Of course not. But the problem is, is that Hell in a Cell has been like, I would argue that Hell in a Cell up until the last three to four years was about as good of a gimmick as they had besides the Royal And they ruined it. They the ruined the gimmick. It's like, yeah, and like now, you know, like in the back of your mind, you're always like, like Hell in a Cell was always meant to be before they made this Hell in a Cell pay-per-view for no reason. Hell in a Cell was like a three-month feud 
Yep. You, there's no other way for this to end. There's outside interference yep. that's constantly occurring. <laughs> there's there's uh, like there's DQs. There's nothing can hold these guys back. We just have to let them murder each other inside a cell. Boom. It's the perfect gimmick. Exactly. It allows them to build matches over months. It, 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 it culminates in this, like, wildly violent match. And then, like, for no reason, exactly. you ruin it. Like, for no reason. There was no reason. Like, it just, just because the pay-per-view's name is Hell in a Cell and because you didn't know what else to throw on, like, it's just, A, I think that that Fiend, I don't know. I mean, like, you, you could argue with me that the Fiend-Rollins match would have been a more interesting match to put at the end of SmackDown than uh, Lesnar-Kofi. I guess Fox wants Lesnar, so there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to argue that point. So, But it's just like, I don't know. I, I just, I don't, they're, they're like uh, a you're decision not wrong. sometimes. You're not, you're, not, you're not wrong. You're not, yeah. you're not wrong. Um, we were actually there's, talking about that at the beginning yeah. of the show, that Hell in a Cell went from being the we have no other choice. This is going to be the end all be all of this feud to it's there because the pay per view is called this. Right. And and, and that's yeah. that's what got castrated Sunday night. And Chris right. even brought yep. up a point too. It actually got castrated last year when you ended Roman and Braun just because Brock showed up and F5'd everybody. When, totally when did agree. it come like, cell match and because of outside interference? That's what got, that, that's what got castrated on Sunday. Wyatt did not get castrated with the Fiend character. He didn't. Rollins, Rollins, me and Chris are on different sides with Rollins, but Rollins worked with what he could on Sunday. The problem is what that what that match was. If that was a regular match and it just broke down and that was the ending, I guarantee you there would not be enough towels to dry off the pants of wrestling fans everywhere if that's how WWE ended a regular match pay-per-view on Sunday. But you're and, a thousand so- percent right. Because it was inside Hell in the Cell, and granted, nobody ever said disqualification. That right. the IWC and the wrestling fan community assumed. And in that case, it was wrong. The, okay, whatever. But you don't throw a Hell in the Cell match out, okay, just because it got too violent. That's the fucking point of the match. And that was where WWE think, yeah. fucked up. If they would have done, I'll take you one further. I have a, I have a friend that works on a, a radio show on Sirius XM, and I spoke to him last night about it. He actually said, if you would have done the same spots you did and have the fiend get up, but then have the fiend collapse and then wave it off, that would have made a million more, more sense because then you could say there was a medical reason to end the match. But then you wouldn't you know, have that, but then you the fiend. It's just like, yeah. I mean, I totally well, no, get no, no, it. No, I no. Think like, no, no, no. Hang on, hang on. I didn't explain it right. You have the fiend wow. collapse, the referee wave it off, and then you do that fiend recover. Because my whole thing was, okay, you stopped the match because Rollins went too far. But then Wyatt got right back up and kicked the shit out of Rollins. Why would you just not let – why would you not just close for the cell to be lowered 
and finish the match off. At least if you would have had Wyatt collapse, even if just for a second, for 20 seconds, and have the ref wave it off, and, you know, because, oh, my God, what did he do to the Fiend, whatever, and then you have Wyatt pop right back up and kick the shit out of Rollins the way he did after, even that would have made more sense than, hey, you went too far in a match that has no rules and there is no too far. That's, that's the problem. I just, so, like, I'm sitting here thinking, right, and, like, I guess what frustrates me is that even the fact that this pay-per-view is called Hell in a Cell, and technically they're forced to put a hell in a cell on, is not an excuse because they knew this was coming. And, and me thinking this out for a minute, one minute, I already pictured a better way to handle this pay-per-view than they could have. At SummerSlam, you have Rollins against Styles, and Rollins, Rollins wins. At Clash of Champions, you have a no-DQ match between Rollins and Styles, and the OC interferes, and Styles wins, wins the title. For the next two weeks, you have the OC and Styles beating Rollins down, blah, blah, blah. Boom. It has to be in a hell in a cell, so the OC can't interfere, and Rollins and Styles, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Rollins no, that, wins the title you're back. exactly right. You get That's out what of hell in a cell used to be. That's what hell in a cell used to be. You get out of easily, you're in a fine place. The Fiend is off, you know, and, and like, don't put the Fiend on TV every single week. He can come out as Bray Wyatt occasionally. I actually think the Fiend would be much more inter- entertaining if, like, 75% of the time he was coming out, like, in person as the Firefly, the Firefly Funhouse. We, would just, we were actually it. just talking about that, that we, Chris brought up the perfect analogy. He thought it was going to be like an Abyss Joseph Parks type thing initially, uh-huh. and... I'm not going to oh, lie. Yeah. I, I thought that as well. I, I thought we would get both. I'm surprised we haven't. I think the only danger, look, All right. here's, the only danger you run by. Yeah. All right, here's what's going on. I've been quiet to let you guys um, go at it for a while. Um, this is what's no, really going on. We're not going at it. On. We're agreeing. <laughs> oh, I know. This, this is what's really going on. And probably one of the best things about, about AEW, which we're going to transition to in a minute here, is with competition, it's going to force Vince to get off his ass. This was the first story that I ever saw about Triple H. Um, and I think I've told this story with John many years ago, not recently. The first real story I heard about Triple H, and some fans may remember this, some fans may not remember, I believe this was the Survivor Series where you had two triple threat world title matches, if I recall. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was a DX and Cena, and Jericho yep. and Taker. And I remember yep. the fall buy rates for those for that particular Survivor Series, and for whatever the October pay per view was before, were like was, I think it was some breaking, of the right? lowest buy rates. Right, right, right. It, it, it was some of the lowest buy rates that they ever had ever, and. Vince was so mad at how low the buy rate was, he actually killed off Survivor Series. Survivor Series died on their early 2010 calendar year. It November was actually, was actually like TBA, like to be announced or to be determined or whatever. Mm-hmm. He got rid of it. And the first story I saw was of Triple H. And this was he was still a wrestler at this point, so he hadn't even transitioned into like where he is now. Supposedly, there was a creative meeting where Triple H pitched to Vince where he was like, you know, Vince, you know, WWE is cool and all, but he was telling Vince, but you own WCW and you own ECW. You have the rights to them. 
and there's a lot of really cool properties and gimmick matches from ECW and WCW that we could use. And the main one that he tried to pitch at Vince was War Games. He said, let's bring back War Games. That was the first story, and I remember hearing that, and I'm like, really? And at the time, it was just this unbelievable story because people just couldn't believe that Triple H would do that. Of course, now you look back at the story, and it's like, makes sense, especially when you see what he's doing with NXT. And the rumor was that Vince thought about it. He thought about it. He thought about it. But at some point, he got Kofi, and ultimately, he just decided to bring back Survivor Series. Um, and really what it comes down to is Vince is a very proud individual, and it just really comes down to the fact that he could use war games, he could use a WCW concept, he could use an ECW concept, but at the end of the day, it's not his concept. You, you know, anyone, unless you just have not been paying attention, whenever there's something that's not his, he always treats it sort of like in a casual way. That's kind of why the World Heavyweight yeah. Championship was never as important as the WWE Championship. And one of the real big criticisms that fans have given WWE from a marketing standpoint, and as a wrestling fan that grew up in the South, I grew up in Atlanta, in case you weren't familiar where I'm from, Tom. So I grew up in WCW country. One of WCW's most lucrative pay-per-views each year was Halloween Havoc. There used to be marketing for it. Uh, they used to have yep. – WCW had the perfect characters for Halloween Havoc. And I look at I look at WWE now, I look at the roster, I look at guys like The Fiend, I look at guys like The Demon, even guys like Aleister Black, like those types of characters, even Undertaker. Velveteen Dream, even even Undertaker, Undertaker. even even Velveteen Dream. Like I could yeah. totally see a Halloween Havoc special for WWE. I could see kids just imagine how much money they could make. Now, if you don't want to make it a pay-per-view, fine. But I see no reason why you can't do like a, a Halloween Havoc Raw, like or Halloween Havoc Smack, like a one night only thing. Just just try it out, you know. And do Vince like just do doesn't want to do it. Do it right, like right, right, right. What you're yeah. saying is they, proved true. Like even even some of the tiniest things, like Scott Hall and Kevin Nash being inducted into the Hall of Fame as Razor Ramon and Diesel instead of. Well, where they are much more famous as Scott Hall and yeah, Kevin but that, Nash. That, it's like the little that, things where that's you notice. More of a, that's more of a that, – that, that was a marketing thing, though. That was for, like, yeah, licensing yeah. and merchandise. Yeah, that was never, Fair. you know, screw Fair. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash for being Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. That was more of a, you know, with the royalties and, and, the, and the rights and everything. That, to be fair, that's why – um. Fair, what's fair. his name? Charles White so, uh, went I had a question for you. Uh, yeah, it's. it's I had a question not, for you, Tom. So, uh, did you want to? Did you want to stick around? Because uh, we we go till one, or, or did you have to go? What did you want to do? Yeah, I have like fifteen minutes. I love to stick around. I'm driving him. Okay, all right. Well, what I want to do now is I just want to transition to the uh, next topic. I got some uh, NXT and some AEW news right here. I had to make sure to write some of this stuff down. Cool. All right, so to any of the fans out there, there is some confusion. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think there's any confusion at this point, but it, it might need to be hammered home. And I think, I think probably what needs to be stated is we just need an official – somebody on the main roster needs to officially say this on WWE television. This is something that's been implied, but it has not directly been stated on a Raw or SmackDown. And with the draft coming up, uh, I'm hoping at some point, either Friday or next Monday, this will be said. And once it's said, it will clear confusion. So Johnny Gargano, um, he recently did an interview, and um, he said in this interview that he is NXT for life. 
Tommaso Ciampa yep. has also gone on record to say that he wants to stay in NXT and he has absolutely no interest going to the main roster. And, of course, we have numerous interviews where Triple H is basically saying that NXT is no longer developmental, that NXT is a brand. So what's yeah. going on to fans uh, right now? Um, this has always been the end game for a while. Um, it's a brand that I've talked about uh, a lot in the past, not recently. When WWE was doing their own version of ECW, or as fans used to jokingly call it, WWECW, even as far back as then, WWE has always wanted to have, like, a third brand because they just feel like from a marketing standpoint they can make more money. The problem was is that Vince didn't put his all behind it because ECW was not his. You know, Vince just Vince is like that, as we just said before. It wasn't his baby. It wasn't his brand. And so Vince just never treated ECW like it didn't matter. NXT is a brand that was created under the WWE umbrella, under the WWE banner. So even though technically it's not Vince's baby, it's a baby that was born in a world that he created. So therefore, for that reason, they're giving NXT the full push that the ECW brand never got. So going forward, right. NXT is going to be a brand. I'm sorry about that. That is my mom's phone. I'm going to move away from that. So NXT is going to be a brand going forward. And with NXT being a brand going forward, that means it's not developmental and to any of the fans out there who are confused, like, well, if it's not developmental, then, like, where are these guys coming from? That's because they have the whole Evolve thing, which John and I have talked about. You know, Evolve is basically, like, the way it is right now, this is the structure. Uh, you try out. You either try out or you go to the performance center. Like, you, you do a tryout, you do a PC. Then once they hire you, you stay in the PC, and then you do NXT live events, and then eventually you end up doing NXT TV dark segments, and then you end up debuting on NXT TV. Then you go on the NXT TV, then take over, and then you're a regular. It goes that way, or you're from Evolve, then they scout you from Evolve, and then they bring you to the PC, and then you go through everything I just said, except you just come from Evolve. So NXT yeah. is a brand going forward. Uh, the Cruiserweight Championship, which John mentioned last week, has uh, been renamed the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. So I guess at this point going forward, it, the 205, it looks like 205 brand. Li- it looks like 205 Live has quietly been canceled. There is none scheduled right, for right. Friday night at 10 o'clock. Um, which is probably for the best because, because like, coming yeah. on after Friday would have killed them. So, you know. Yeah. So we got that going on. Um, all right, so NXT is a, is a brand. So how exactly will this affect uh, the draft? Does this mean that people will be drafted down to NXT? Or I'm sorry, I said down, but that's not respectful because they're a, since they're a brand now, you can't say they're being drafted down. It means they're being drafted, drafted too. So, Across. So does that mean people from NXT will be drafted to Raw SmackDown or will people from Raw SmackDown be drafted to NXT? I would assume so. And I'm assuming the that on Friday. No. The answer is no. The answer is no. The only ones okay, that have so been then? added from the draft. Okay. Balor went to NXT. Okay. Balor got moved across to NXT. As far as talent going to NXT goes, it's not going to be done in a draft format. They're going to do it in a way, and this is what they did with Bauer, that people want to be in NXT, okay? It's to help create that aura of what NXT, what they want NXT to be presented as. They don't want it to be like, oh, man, I got drafted back to NXT. It's, no, I'm here because this is where I want to be. You know, that's what you're going to see. As far as, 
as far as anybody going from NXT to the to Raw or SmackDown, supposedly the only names I've heard are Street Profits. That they will actually be part of the draft. They will get drafted probably to Raw from what I've heard. And but that's it. Shayna's not going anywhere. Riddle's not going anywhere. Green's not going anywhere. Because these are the guys that are going into battle every Wednesday night. It's undisputed. Okay, well, that being it's said. Papa, it's Gargano. It's Balor now. It's Riddle. It's Shayna. It's whoever. I think you might actually next- see, too. I, yeah, I think the good thing with NX, NXT is that the way that NXT is now a national show, I think it actually gives them a good out for some of these failed, basically that they, like, these NXT people that they just blew it with on the main roster. Like, Mm -hmm. I actually think, in many ways, I didn't think there was a way to reboot Shinsuke at all. But if you bring him back down to NXT, you reboot him instantly. Uh, A Cesaro is a guy who should be down on NXT. Like, they... What I what I'll hope is what what you're saying is totally true that they're going to treat it like I want to be back back here that it's yes. like this is the elite talent like I I don't believe SmackDown that was why that was why Balor showed up Wednesday and didn't get yeah. drafted that was why all right um, okay well that's it I got some uh, news to go over well Ari went over the first thing so uh, tomorrow uh, we got um. Uh, Drew Gulak defending the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, so I'm assuming they're going to keep the belt the same. I mean, they could get a new belt, but um, probably just the same belt, but they could just put NXT on it because it, it, it has 205 on the belt, if I recall. I'm sure it's a minor That's switch. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, so he'll be defending the title against um, – crap, my my mind just went blank. Leo. Leo. Leo, Leo, right. He'll be defending Leo. against Leo. Right, and then I got some um, some some AEW news here. I, I revealed this news I think two or three days ago, but I haven't revealed it here on the show. Well, the tag team tournament starts tomorrow, and the first round we got the Young Bucks against Private Party, and a really cool thing that they announced. And hopefully they can get this on TV soon, um, and maybe they can get it like on TBS as well. That would be like the best part. Is uh, there's going to be a new show called AEW Dark, which is a funny name with Shivani, and uh, basically AEW Dark is essentially going to be like their version of Superstars, where at these AEW TV shows, they're having dark matches before the actual television show starts, and so this AEW Dark will feature the dark matches, and you'll be able to watch them in full quality, and they're going to upload it to the official All Elite Wrestling YouTube account. So essentially it's going to be like, think about shows like Superstars, Main Event, WWE Saturday Night. Yeah. It's, it's going to be like their kind of show. And, you know, I've always liked shows like that. Like when I was a kid, you know, I've, uh, people, uh, younger fans hear this, and they're like, why? Like when I was a kid, like my favorite show was Heat. I used to love watching Sunday Night Heat. I love those one-hour shows where you can see like the C-tier B-tier guys just wrestle because, like, on the main shows, you don't really see what they can do. Because, you know, like, if you were to see, like, for instance, if you were to see Zack Ryder versus Aleister Black on Raw, Black's going to kick Ryder's him in the face. It's going to be over yeah. in two minutes. Yeah. Right. But Ryder's then if you see Zack Ryder on Superstars versus, like, a Black, it's going to go seven minutes, eight minutes. So you can actually yeah. see more of what he can do. So I've always loved those types of shows. It's just, unfortunately, um, Many of these newer fans have grown up in an era 
where a lot of these C shows just don't matter. Like superstars, they mean, exist. a lot of folks they, yeah, don't. But they exist. That's the thing. They exist. The problem is no one go, no one puts in the extra legwork to go see it. Okay, just right, because right. you can't turn your channel to whatever and see main event, all you got to do is log on the network, and there it is, Friday morning. Right. You know, like. Right. Right. You know, right. That's right. what it is too. I think the. I think the main problem with that, too, and this is what I hope AEW capitalizes on, right? And I, I, I got to go in a couple, couple, couple minutes. I'll just kind of finish, finish up with a couple of things. What I hope AEW okay. capitalizes on is one of the reasons NXT was able to become so popular. Not only was it a much better show, but also there's a, there was a certain power in only being on an hour a week and only mm-hmm. having to show and like you know and and us only seeing these guys once every 3 weeks basically cuz not everyone was always featured right i hope AEW one of their big advantages is is WWE is a publicly traded company who has to make as much money as humanly possible for their shareholders meaning raw's not going to go from 3 hours to 2 hours just to make ratings better smackdown is going to they're going to put everything they possibly can into that they're still going to put on NXT. They are have they have to produce seven hours of national live television weekly, where inevitably you know this is going to go into guys being on multiple shows. Like it's only a matter of time, right? And so AEW's main advantage is two hours once a week. Like they can hammer it hard. And what I'm really excited about personally, like, and this is like AEW, like WWE's not had competition like this in many years. TNA was never debuting against a WWE show and doing 500,000 more uh, of viewers. And even though it's AEW's debut week and it's a marathon and not a sprint, blah, blah, blah. No company has done that in a very, very long time. And so I feel like wrestling fans have kind of gotten this, reputation as complainers over the last whatever 15 to 20 years but the reality is just you know what what the word that's very rarely used is that we've been dealing with a monopoly and like i like wrestling i I really like wrestling and so i'm not going to stop watching wrestling so it's just when it's bad i'm going to complain because i want it to be better and and there's no other alternative besides me watching like ring of honor or like i'm not gonna i don't want to go deep into the indies that's just not the kind of fan i am Uh, a a, a, a new japan is cool but like i'm not going to constantly seek out a a, a new japan that's also not the kind of fan i am like i want to watch the mainstream product that's what like i i like the deeper takes on it but i like the mainstream product and we've gotten this reputation as complainers when in reality it's like i don't really had until a week ago we had no other real viable options besides nxt which was part of this company anyways to watch and so i'm just excited for a period of time now where finally after basically 20 years like there is a legit competitor and i hope what aew does is that they don't try and differentiate themselves by being extreme. What I hope that they differentiate themselves by is by actually treating wrestling fans like they're not idiots that can't remember what happened two and a half months ago and that they establish a show that what happens on October 8th, 2019 matters on October 8th, 2020, and that like what we're watching actually means something to, the, to what happens next rather than WWE who treats us like idiots like, we forget something that happened two weeks ago, and we should just move on. Well, before you go, I got the uh, four matches they got for the uh, uh, the, the first AEW Dark, because uh, I did give away the NXT match. So the four matches they got advertised is uh, 
SEU against Jurassic Express, Darby Allen against SEMA, uh, Britt Baker and Alley versus Penelope Ford and Bea Prisley. The hybrid, uh, the hybrid, this is the first time they revealed the name. That's um, Jack Evans and, and Helico. The hybrid and the Lucha Brothers against Private Party and Best Friends in an eight man tag. Uh, so those are the four dark matches, and uh, Tony Khan has confirmed that, uh, like regular AEW TV and like the AEW pay per views, the wins and losses of these matches still matter going forward. So the big thing that AEW is doing, and we'll see where it goes. Uh, we'll see where it goes. This is something that has been tried many times over the years. Many promotions have, have tried to do this, where they try to make this system where wins and losses matter. And they're even going as far as when the wrestlers come out on AEW TV, you see their name, you see their Twitter handle, and then to the bottom right, you will see the record of wins, losses, and draws. And so they're trying to do this thing where they're – Trying to, trying to make it where wins and losses matter. I've seen multiple companies try this, um, and they do well at first, but then at some point they just give up some, or they lose point, interest. The, the most notorious something ends up becoming What's that? a conflict. Something ends right. up becoming a conflict with it, and then it goes mm-hmm. out the window. And the one guy right. who I'm telling you, and I, you and I had this conversation on Friday, the one guy who I think this is going to become an issue for eventually is Pay, is Adam Page. I mean, he's going to mm-hmm. be the guy that this is going to be an issue for eventually. You know, either they're going to have to just give up on him, which isn't fair, or they're going to try to do a complete 180 on him, and it's going to be like, well, wait a minute, the record doesn't justify what you're doing with him. Something, right. Page is going to be the guy where this is going to end up being, this is going to end up being a problem with this. The one that I remember. Like a guy who's, Who's eight and fourteen, you know, main mm. eventing a show against, you know, whoever, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a very, it's, it, a, it's a, it's a very yeah, cool page. system, but it's a risky system. The one that I remember, the one that fans remember the most was when TNA did this in 2010 when Hogan and Bischoff were there. They did top this ten top ten system, and for like three and a yeah. half months it was good. But what happened was when they did the top ten system. Guys who are, and to this day, Hogan will still fight this. To this day, it's one of the main. It's one of my main reasons why. I, where, where my Hogan hate, it really. Most of my Hogan dislike doesn't come from WWE or WCW. Most of my Hogan hate comes from TNA, 2010, 2011. TNA was doing this top ten system, and what happened was certain people were getting over that were not part of Hogan or Bischoff's plan. Guys like Nigel yep. McGuinness. Guys like the Pope, the Angelo De Niro, guys yep. like Robert Roode, guys like Austin Aries, they were getting over, whereas Hogan, he was looking more at guys like Jeff Hardy, Mr. Anderson, Matt Morgan. Yeah. And what happened was they were getting over, and then when they got over, like Hogan kind of killed it. And then mm-hmm. right around the time, Roode turned heel. And then that led to the option C story between Aries and Rude. And to this day, Hogan likes to act like that was part of the plan. I'm like, dude, no, it wasn't. Aries and Rude just made it fucking work. You took advantage of it, and it was great TV for TNA during that period of time. But, like, to this day, Hogan likes to act like, oh, well, it was part of the plan, bro. No, it fucking wasn't. He didn't like Rude or Aries or Lethal, you know. 
So, but uh, anyway. As tough as it is to do this, right, it's still it's still worth trying because without a Hogan or someone there who's, like, randomly obsessed with things they don't, like, need to be, I think it is a really cool way to, like, like it, it, it holds an accountability to the stories you're attempting to tell, right? Oh, man, this guy has been on a winning streak the last three months. And, but, like, even if, even if you don't keep the literal record, I think what I'm trying to say is, like, like, look at, so, like, Sunday is a great example, right? Like, the WWE keeps putting themselves in positions where, like, wins and losses theoretically don't matter, but they do because you can't give someone a loss and keep them hot at the same time, right? And so it's like... Mm-hmm. Well, the, it depends this, on the like, loss, but you can only do that so many times. You know, like, here's like, a match right here. That's what it we is. We got a match but, next week. I believe this match is next week. Like this, this was confirmed yesterday, and it was confusing some fans. So either I believe this week or next week. I think next week, Jimmy Havoc has a match with Darby Allen. No, that's and this the winner week. of this match. Okay, that's this week. Okay, so Jimmy Havoc has a match with Darby Allen, and then the winner of that match gets a future title shot against the AEW title. So a friend of mine he messaged me, and he was like. Uh, Arby currently is zero one and one, no wins, one draw, one loss. And so I told him, well, this AEW Dark thing is going to debut today because we had this conversation yesterday. So I'm telling him the Dark show right. is going to debut uh, tomorrow. So I'm assuming that Darby will beat uh, his opponent, which would then make him one one and one, and then. One, yeah. The one, and then the one draw he has is against Cody, the guy who's challenging for the title next. So that means that in a kayfabe perspective, the number one contender, there's a guy on the roster that he hasn't beaten because it went to a draw, which is, you know, because a draw right. can be used to get other guys but then over. How do you, so, exactly. And, but then how do you do Kobe Darby to rectify that for Cody, but if Darby beats Havoc, but loses to Cody, is he really still the number one contender now or have a future title shot? Right, right, right. To me, the win-losses, it's a lot easier to do with tag teams. It's a lot easier because in tag teams, um, first of all, certain people take pins and certain folks don't take pins. But um, when you do it in singles, singles, um, you know, sooner or later there is going to be a conflict. Right, right. Right, and WWE, they, they tried it before. They tried it many years. The the most active that I think they were doing it was, uh, what did they used to call it? They used to have a, a it was, I used to go on their website all the time in high school. I remember just oh, the, the most, top, like, in yeah, the early. Yeah, they had the top 25, or the weekly, yeah. They right, the right. Power rankings, the t- 25. The power rankings. Who moved ranking. up, right. who moved down, who, who fell off, who debuted. They were doing it up until... Not too long ago, because I remember Ronda was number one, you know, for a while. Mm-hmm. They were doing it, you know, for for a while. Right, right. But uh, best of luck to them uh, going for it. It's a very hard system to pull off. And I've been keeping track of it, too, because every time they do an AEW show, I always look at the bottom right-hand corner to see if they update it. And they do. They, they keep it updated. So we just have to see. Many promotions have tried this, but usually, in most cases, they'll usually give up within, like, six months to a year. It's really hard to do it, but they want to do this because, uh, in Tony's words, he wants it to come off as uh, more legitimate like a sport. And I could see Fox, not necessarily USA, but uh, I could see Fox looking at that 
and being like, yo, we need to implement more stuff similar to this. Maybe not to the point of, you know, you know, like you know, wins and losses or whatever. I think the one thing that needs to be addressed uh, going forward. They need is, to get deviate from. You know what the biggest problem WWE has with with this as far as wins and losses, and the the best way they could eliminate it. If you do a pay per view today, and so and so goes over, don't do the rematch on Raw and have so and so lose. That's it. Right, That's right, it. right. No more. Cut basically, what you're saying is no more fifty-fifty. That's what you're saying. Kill off fifty-fifty. It's not even fifty-fifty is the problem because you know what? If you want to create an aspect of anything can happen at any time, then in some cases mm. you still need the fifty-fifty booking, like. Why should it be written in stone that if I beat you tonight, I'm going to beat you the other 10 times we face each other? I'm not saying that. But let a victory hold value for more than nine minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. Like, if I beat you yeah. on the pay-per-view tonight, let me build my momentum off that. And in two weeks, if you want to do the rematch and you beat me in the rematch, okay, that's fine. The problem is, more often than not, I'll beat you on the pay-per-view tonight, and then tomorrow you're sure as shit beating me. That's where mm-hmm. that's what they gotta stop with. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. The one thing that I'm looking forward to seeing them address is uh, with this <laughs> wild card stuff finally coming to an end. Uh, a rule that was introduced in the wild card thing was this whole no guaranteed rematches for champions who lost their championships. Uh, so now that this wild card stuff is ending and they're going back to an actual brand, is this no guaranteed rematches going to stick, or is that going to just be a, I, I we're going to kill say, that off now? I would say no. I think they're going to. I think you're going to quietly see that go away because right. you're going to tell me Kofi doesn't deserve a rematch against Brock. Well, there, not, not even just that. I was confused because last night. Um, I saw Alexa and Nikki come out for the save, you know, in the tag match. Right, which and would I'm make like, you think oh, eventually so. the rematch is coming. Right, right, right. So I was like, are they killing it off or not? Not that I'm complaining. I mean, any, I mean, at least they're doing something I, with I the division think, now. I also <laughs> think that was more of a fact that – I think that was also more of a fact that they didn't want you to assume that Lesnar was going to automatically get the rematch against Rollins at – you know, that what was that show where right. Rollins faced Corbin in Saudi Arabia at the next pay-per-view, and, oh, my God, Brock's going to get the belt. I think that was put in more or less to just kind of combat the whole Brock thing. Because if you remember, they right. also did that the night after SummerSlam last year. Before all that shit mm-hmm. with Roman and Braun and the Shield went down, they actually did a backstage segment with Heyman and angle and Heyman was like oh I'm here to talk to you about the rematch and angle told Heyman you're not getting an automatic rematch just because right you know um, so the one I thing I've always had was... if that was kind of a Brock rule that was put in or you know yeah. was there something else you know there but so I, the I, one... are you going to tell me Kofi doesn't deserve a shot at the title again yeah, the one booker I've always had respect for is really hard to do, and uh, I've been following them for about four or five years now. Is in, in New Japan, the way that Ghetto does it with the titles, more so the top titles, not the not the you know smaller ones, but like the IWGP title in particular. What I've noticed about that is 
the way that they treat it over there in New Japan, it's literally like a mountain system. Like, you know, like when you play games like Mortal Kombat and you kind of work your way up the ladder, you're the trying ladder. to get to Shao Kahn, the final I, boss. The ladder that I always right, right. The, the ladder right, and how, right, and how it works in New Japan is, is when you're the champion, what I've noticed about this is every time the IWGP champion loses, when they're the champion, it's literally and figuratively like getting pushed off the mountain. So it's like the champions lose, that's it. No rematch, and they have to work their way back up. When Omega finally beat Okada, I was thinking they were going to do a rematch. Like, no, he beat him, that was it. Okada got pushed right off, and he had to work his way back up. And I was like, I was well, really impressed because I saw was, them. Was that that, or was that also a case of with the question marks surrounding Kenny's future, you didn't want to kind of hurt Okada by having him lose to Kenny again when you knew there was a chance you might have to circle back to him for the belt, you know, in the event, which actually ended up happening. But, you know, with, with mm-hmm. Kenny leaving, I, you know, you would know a little bit better than me, but I kind of felt, despite the whole goofy gimmick and everything, I kind of felt Okada was kind of kept away from Omega more so as a, let's see what, 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 what happens because we, we can't right. beat him just yet. Right. Well, with that being said, I want to uh, transition to the actual uh, main topic that I want to discuss. I, I named the episode the spectrum of wrestling on, fans because there's all types of fans. Go on, there's go casual. On, okay. I'm, just go on. Hang on. I got to take, take this. Go on. All right. All right. All right yeah, yeah. I'll go on. All right. All right. So, uh, well, actually, I, I need to jump for this part. So what I can do is I can just kind of improvise and uh, – talk about something else so we we got um let's talk about this nwa thing i see nwa hey, has got a show hey oh that didn't take long at all no <laughs> You're already back. let's That's... do the, let's do this thing you want to do and then i gotta hop off a little early so let's do this thing you want to do and then if you want right, to finish well, with the uh, nwa then you could do that okay they're gonna have their own show coming soon i believe you can uh, watch the show 605 on their youtube and on their facebook page and uh, Impact Wrestling will also have a show on Tuesday, which will be on Access TV. And I'd say, I think it will still come on Twitch on Fridays, so that's cool. Ring of Honor, uh, I've talked about this before. They have a show uh, that comes on Wednesdays as well, and I was really, really surprised that they're not, they don't talk about it. So if you're a PS4 owner, if you have a PlayStation 4, uh, go there, turn on your PS4, go on the PlayStation Network, PSN, uh, go for apps and look for Pluto TV is free. Download that. And then once you download Pluto TV, look for the stadium channel. It's called a stadium channel. Ring of Honor comes on midnight Eastern Standard Time. So if you're if you're just one of those also, hardcore wrestling I'll fans. Like, I'll do you one better mm-hmm. as far as Ring of Honor goes. This is a local listing thing. If, if, but I know most cable companies carry it, which is what's so freaking infuriating about Ring of Honor. Uh, right, they Netflix, don't really advertise it like North that. Northeastern Sports Network. They carry, They mm-hmm. usually do a lot of Red Sox baseball games, I think uh, uh, some Celtic games, whatever. They're on that, I believe, on, Tuesday, on Monday nights or Tuesday nights as well. And then keep in mind, St. Clair just bought, excuse me, a shitload of Fox Regional channels. That's massive mm-hmm. because now it's 
it's not like that you just have one for, you know, let's say your area, Atlanta, or I have one for New York. Every region has a Fox Sports regional channel. You get college games, you get this, you get that. They bought enough of those to put Ring of Honor on everywhere. Every table provider it seems to me, Fox. It, it seems to me at times they're content with just being a niche product when they could be more. That's the yeah, vibe yeah, that I'm yeah, getting yeah, from them. This is, what's, this is what's baffling with Ring of Honor. It's not like Joe Koff owns Ring – let's say Joe Koff owns Ring of Honor on his own. Joe Koff is part of St. Clair, okay? St. Clair is a big fucking company, okay? They're putting all this money into this company – why would you not put it out there where you are? Okay, if if right. you don't want to go this road, then just end it already. You know. Right, and what confuses me is with all this wrestling on TV now, why wouldn't they advertise that? You know, basically, if you have a if you have this Pluto app, which is free, which is free, you can you can essentially watch Ring of Honor at midnight, like free, really, like that's a big deal, like. You've got TV exposure. Hang on a sec. I'm, I'm going to find it right now. You've got TV exposure. It's not even about mm-hmm. needing to go to an app. You, you know, it's out there. You can get it. You know, once you know Sinclair takes over these Fox, you know, um, channels, it's going to be out there even more. Why would you not? Put it out there that you own these things. That's what's fucking. Right. That's what I can't understand with this. Like it's mm. it's baffling. You know why would you sit on this? You know if you're not gonna well, do nothing. You know why would you not? You know go and put it out there that you know you you have this. It's, it's mm. just it makes. Here we go. Wednesday at noon, Ring of Honor, Nesson. They're rude, they're YouTube as well. Yeah, and there's a replay on at midnight. Okay? you It's out, it's out there. What, what are you not pushing this for? Yeah, it's a very stupid. Yeah, it's like it's like some TNA 2010 level of decisions right there. So all right, let, let's do uh, this that, thing you wanted to do because I I gotta I gotta run before one o'clock. So let's do what you right, wanted so to do I about. I want to talk about the uh, I want to talk about the spectrum of wrestling fans and um, a lot of people were upset over the events of what occurred on uh, SmackDown Live, which is the first network on Fox. So. I don't I don't drink. Um, sometimes on days of celebrations, like I'll go out with some friends and, you know, I'll, I'll drink. Like if it's someone's birthday or they graduated or they just had a kid or something. But I'm not a person to just drink for, you know, just for the sake of drinking. But over the years, um, when I do go to bars and stuff, I have noticed it. I've, I've seen it before. Uh, many times, not just here in Georgia, like I've gone to other states. I've, I've been to some states in the Midwest, not, not, not too much in the northeast in your area. But I'd say I've been to a good amount of states in the Midwest and the Southeast, and 
when I go to bars, like, it's something I've noticed, but I don't really talk about it because it's not really, it, it wasn't really my issue. A lot of times when I go to bars, specifically, like, on Saturdays or Sundays, like, I see sports fans, you know, casual sports fans, hardcore sports fans, MMA fans, so many times, like, at an F&B place, like, if they're showing, you know, UFC, MMA, Bellator, NFL, NBA, MLB, you know, even hockey. Like, I'll see casual sports fans, like, you know, they'll sit in the TV, they're drinking their beer, they're eating their chicken wings, and, you know, like, you know, that's what they're into. That's their thing. That's their world. That's not really my cup of tea. I was never a sports guy. My dad tried to get me into sports. It just wasn't for me. I played sports to make him happy, but nothing really kind of scratched that itch like pro wrestling did. You know, I acknowledge that sports has like, you know, it has its own dynasties, you know, but I get it, casual sports. But the reason I bring this up is when I go to these bars, when I see these fans looking at these sports, talking about it, the one thing that they all have in common, these same fans that I see that are watching Bellator, that are watching MMA, that are watching UFC, football, when wrestling is presented, when Raw is on TV or when they're showing a pay-per-view, those same fans walk away. They don't watch it. They're on their cell phones just going through the news. They're not really taking it seriously. So there's casual wrestling fans. There's hardcore wrestling fans. There's casual sports fans. There's hardcore sports fans. And then there's people that I refer to as hybrid fans. Hybrid fans are fans that follow both wrestling and sports-related stuff. Um, I would say you, John, uh, Aaron, Jay, you guys are hybrid fans because when Ronda Mm -hmm. Rousey showed up, you guys were all hype, whereas wrestling fans like myself who don't particularly care about MMA or UFC, when we see Ronda, we're just like, why? So watching SmackDown, the general impression that I had from the show is that whatever money it was, a billion dollars, more than a billion dollars, it's very clear to me what Fox's goal is. The billion dollars for SmackDown was purchased so they can appeal to casual sports fans. Even though I know nothing about sports, I know who Aaron Andrews is. I've seen her before. I've met her before. So I could see a casual sports fan at a bar, and they see Aaron Andrews talking to, say, Samoa Joe or Aleister Black, and they could be like, oh, what's she doing here? Let me check this out, you know? Um, I can see uh, Cain Velasquez showing up because a Cain Velasquez would make a casual sports fan pay attention to what's going on. Oh, cool. Kane's going to fight Brock. That's awesome. They had a great fight in UFC X amount of years ago. Now they're in a wrestling ring, you know. And this next one, I'm probably going to come off as just really, really, really uh, arrogant or ignorant. Um, Tyson Fury. Okay. How should I say this? When I was a kid, I knew nothing about boxing, but I knew who Mike Tyson was. Because Mike Tyson was an icon, but more importantly, because boxing was popular and was relevant in America. I, I know this because HBO had their own – they had their own mm-hmm. HBO boxing thing. They used to show boxing on HBO all the time. Now, I don't follow boxing like that, but I do know that boxing is nowhere near as big today that it was 20 years ago, 15 years ago, hell, even five no, years no, ago. No, you're know that right, boxing, but hang on a second. Hang on a second because – being as close to Brooklyn as I am with the Barclays Center, mm-hmm. boxing is still big here. Fury right. is as big of a name as you can get. 
from boxing. Outside of like Devontae Wilder, you're not getting a bigger name than I, I'm not you're disagreeing not. with you. I'm not disagreeing okay. with what you're saying, but Twitter was full of people that had no clue who he was, which shows my point. That boxing is nowhere near right, as popular but, as it was, and it doesn't have the yeah. reach that it used to have. When Mike Tyson but showed you know up, what, everyone if knew they're who he going was. To face each, yeah, but you got to remember the other part of this, too. If they're really going to go off and face each other at Crown Jewel, Fury is a huge name internationally. So while maybe boxing in America is not what it was 15, 20 years ago, okay, then that's fine because that's true. But there is value, especially if it's going to crown jewel. There's value right. in um, – right, well, I didn't say there wasn't value. I, I see what you're saying, and I respect what you're saying. It's just the, the general impression that SmackDown on Fox gives me is that wrestling fans are second and sports fans are first, which makes sense because it's Fox. They care about that kind of stuff. And more importantly, more than anything, and this is probably for the better of the product, is that Fox is going to want to make it appear more legitimate, which is good overall for the product. Right. So that's, that's good. So you're not going to hear me disagreeing. But as far as, like, what's getting focused, what's getting featured, and more importantly, who's getting pushed, it's very clear to me that they're going to be their – main, their main objective is to get the money from the sports fans. And if you're just a wrestling fan that does not care about any of that stuff, this show is going to be like borderline New Japan Anokiism that almost killed them in the 2000s. I have absolutely zero interest in anything related to Brock Lesnar at this point in time. I have zero interest in Cain Velasquez, whether it's in WWE AEW, yeah, yeah, Chris, I could not care Chris, don't ta- yeah, about Chris, anything don't this Tyson guy though. does. Yeah, but Chris, don't take this the wrong way. Okay, that's fine. That, that's your choice. That, you know, SmackDown, right. what they presented on Friday night, that doesn't work for you. That's fine. But, you know, and, you know, you got to remember to your point, though, there's going to be a contingent of people that that is going to work for. It's so, a it's a give and take. You're gonna gain more fans, but you're gonna lose a lot of fans. But whether you're gonna gain them more, yeah, are they gonna yeah, gain more than WWE what they lost? I can't the, answer you know that. You know what WWE has going for them in this scenario, though, and this isn't devaluing anything, but mm-hmm. WWE. Okay, you're not big on you know whatever, Kane, Fury, whoever, right? That's fine. Right. SmackDown isn't the only game in town that WWE offers. So WWE could tell, okay, so you could say, let's say, you could tell WWE, hey, listen, Friday Night SmackDown is not for me. Okay, fine. It's not for you. But here we have NXT, we have Raw, we have NXT UK. Oh, I get that. The the main point that I'm trying to make is, I guess what I'm trying to say is, to me, that's that's a dangerous thing to do now, because now, like before, like if this was four years ago, five, what happened on SmackDown? Well, no, it's Brock really not. Kofi it's in re- seven seconds. 
Like in the past, we didn't have mainstream alternatives. All the alternatives we had, you had to sort of go out your way to search for them. Now you have legitimate alternatives on Wednesday. You have NXT. You have AEW. Raw still on. So now that we have legitimate mainstream alternatives, like not indie stuff, not something you got to watch on YouTube, you don't got to go out of your way to find Ring of Honor New Japan, like you actually have mainstream alternatives now. So like basically what you're saying is if you're a wrestling fan and if you don't like SmackDown, how many of these wrestling fans are going to be like, fuck this, and just drop SmackDown completely? That's a big drop. Are you saying that my question is, are the casual sports fans that are going to get from this, are they going to get more than the fans they're losing out of? Because it seems like a half and half to me. Like, what if you lose 40% of your wrestling probably, fans, but then you gain gonna be, 50? Honestly, it's going to be, yeah, exactly. It's, you're probably going to, because remember, they're not just doing one thing right now. They're running right. two things. So not only, so you're getting the UFC MMA people, okay? Mm-hmm. And you're also getting the boxing people. Now, I'll give you the fact that the boxing people might be more of an international side of things. Right. Okay? I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. That's 1,000% valid. Is it, that might come from more of the international side. But what you got to remember is, okay, so you, you decide you're not watching SmackDown Friday night. You decide, rightfully so, 1,000%. You feel the way Fox is going to present SmackDown, that's not for you. Nothing wrong with that at all. The problem is, though, they lose you. They get one person that tunes into Kane for Kane, so that replaces you, and another person that tunes mm-hmm. in for the Fury. They just went two for one. Now, I agree. Why can't you do something that caters to all three? Why, won't, why not keep three? And only settle for two. I agree. I, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's what the whole objective should be. How do we find right. something that and it's, and I, I need to, and so I need to explain this as well. It's, it's not the fact that Brock killed Kofi. For two hours right. on Friday night, I'll lose you for 10 minutes. But you know what? In that same 10 minutes, I'll get another two people. And you know what? Maybe I'll keep them around for the full two hours. That's what it should be. I mean, granted, you want to keep everybody right. around 100% of the time, but you can't and then, everybody and then what hurts, and, and then what, what hurts is, like, like, Brock beating Kofi, like, you know, Brock beats everybody. That's just how it is, right? So Brock beating Kofi, that's not the problem. The problem was killing him in seven seconds, and then you know, immediately you know after that – Immediately after you kill Kofi, you have Kane come out. He ground and pounds Brock, and then Brock runs. When you do that, well, you're sending a message. You're saying, I mean, no, no, no. What, what you're saying when you do that is, what you're saying is, these wrestlers are puny, and only an MMA guy can fight this monster. That what that does is that completely, because not just Kofi. Because you got to realize Kofi was champion for six months. He beat Brian, he beat Orton, he beat Joe, he beat Ziggler, he beat AJ. So by having Brock just shit on Kofi like that, not only are you shitting on him, you're shitting on all the people that he beat. You're making wrestling look bad, but then this Cain Velasquez guy shows up, and he makes Brock run. So you're sending a message. Yeah, you're saying that these wrestling guys yeah, are not on the level of these not, MMA guys. You see what I'm saying? Not, 
and Corey tried to drive this home, and this is where they're going to need some help from USC as far as footage and, and stuff like that. If you ever saw the Velasquez-Lesnar fight, Cain Velasquez beat the living piss out of Lesnar. Okay? So, obviously, for Brock to see Velasquez, Brock should be scared shitless because that is the one guy legitimately who whipped his ass. Corey tried to drive that point home. And like I said, they're going to need an assist from UFC to get some footage, to get some stills. Hopefully they can do that before this match actually happens. Okay? The other thing, and I don't know if this was intentional or if this was an accident, when Kofi took the F5, Kofi went down top of the head first. Whether it was intentional or not, it was an it happened. They should have sold it that, oh, shit, Kofi got knocked out. Not knocked out in the sense that he got punched and knocked out, but shit, the way Kofi landed, he's out. That would have made the eight seconds a little bit more tolerable. The whole thing was, was, the whole I, thing was rushed because what I was waiting for, what I was waiting for, this is what I was waiting for. The one thing that every Brock feud has in common I was waiting for the promo from Heyman. You know, the same promo where he says, this isn't a spoiler. You know, every time Brock fights somebody, they waited until the day of to do it. That's how rushed this was. See, every other time that they do this, Heyman does this promo very early in the feud. Like, like when, when, when Heyman and Brock first came out on SmackDown and said they were challenging Kofi, I expected the promo the next week didn't come. Then I expected the promo to SmackDown after didn't come. The last Raw before the SmackDown didn't come. Okay, now SmackDown's here. Heyman gave the promo like 20 minutes before the match. That is so rushed. Like, that's not good. Like, I I have no issue with Brock killing people, but if you build it up, at least it means something. But they did it in a way that was just so dismissive of it. You know, like, I'm not a Finn Balor fan, See, but you want to the know match that Balor thing? had with Brock was competitive. Oh, yeah, was great, yeah. You want to know another thing you know, he, that they failed, and I, I talked about this earlier in the summer, that they, could, that they could have added to this, more so not to help enhance Brock, but to at least mm-hmm. keep something to Kofi. Didn't, and correct me, you, you'll know what I'm saying. Remember when I was talking about the whole eventually they should do something where Kofi just gets caught on the wrong... Like, remember right. I was talking about, especially, what was it? The Joe feud. Remember I was like, they right, had Joe, Joe choke one. out Kofi. Not to bury Kofi, but... And it was the same thing I even preached with Okada two years ago. Like, they should just do the... He's been going so hard that he finally got caught. And that... Even if you would have went that route and still did the seven seconds, it would have made sense. And maybe they'll do that Friday night. You know, maybe they'll turn around and, you know, when they're talking about it, they'll be like, you know, if you think about the run, he was nonstop. And you know what? He just ran into, you know, the wrong, the wrong guy at the wrong night. I, I can live with that. Okay? Mm. I can live with that. It's just Friday night is going to be 
oh so important for where Kofi goes from here. I know Jay has said it's back to mid-card for Kofi. I don't know if that's real or not. I think Kofi... I think Kofi's going to get a rematch. I don't know if Kofi's going to win the belt back again. Maybe, you know what, they do something with Kane and Ray, you know, where they kind of distract Brock and Kofi gets the belt back that way. Okay, which then just goes to prove the title change well, was just well, a pop a rating and well, a moment. Well, what's essentially, well, what's essentially happening now, John, and, and we can end it at this, is with this Fox deal, what's happening, and this is really weird to say because as wrestling fans, this is a habit that we got to break. If they're making SmackDown the A show, then what that means is Raw is going to be the B show, and which would mean that not immediately – but over time, that means the WWE title is going to be the top title, and the Universal title would <laughs> then kind of be. flip. Right, right. So I Which could easily see Kofi. WWE should be the top title, but you can't right. have it disappear for six months again at a time. Right, right, right. And I don't think so I, I could, that's I the could one easily thing, see. To be fair, I don't think Fox is going to let that happen. I don't think Fox is going to let Lesnar disappear for six months at a time and not right, have that no. belt. On TV. If Brock wants to disappear for five months, fine. But get the belt off him and get and get the belt on TV. That's that's what I think. I think Fox will step in, and that will be one of the more positive things that Fox will do is make sure that t- that belt is not a ghost. Right, right. I think over time the universal title will be kind of like the secondary world title, and I could see – Kofi or, or anyone who normally wouldn't have a chance, you know, beating Brock, you know, getting a shot at this belt. But um, if they could just give a, a competitive rematch at some point, that would be cool. Like, every single person yeah. that Brock I mean, beats you know is competitive. You, know you want to know what Kofi needs, too? Because I think he, you know, and I, I know you're going to grudge at it, but you know what? you know what Kofi needs as well? Besides the fact, you know what? You, you teased it the night after WrestleMania. Give Kofi that match with Rollins. And give yeah. Kofi, if, if you're going to keep that belt off Wyatt, and I don't think they are, but if they do, then you know what? Move Kofi over to Raw, and you know what? That's your next feud, especially if Rollins turns heel. Rollins could turn around and cut a promo. I slayed the beast, and all anybody was talking about was you. Blah, 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 blah. You know? It's it's there, and I'll, I'm gonna end it on this. Thank God they finally mentioned Oscar tapping out Becky last night. Thank God they're gonna get a match soon. Make yeah. that Survivor Series. I'm down for that. Yeah, Survivor Series is not gonna be Raw versus SmackDown. It's only gonna be a five on five tag. So we're not we're not getting the you know the traditional champions versus champions. So we're gonna have some flexibility and some creativity with it with that card. You know, we just probably oh, got to get cool, through cool, Halloween. Cool. Um, mm-hmm. One one thing I do want to tease eventually, and I, I, we're not going to do it next week, but I, a couple of things have to be made official. Eventually, and I'll, I'll talk to you about it once I feel comfortable going forward with it, but I'm going to tease it. There is a very untalked about reality happening right now that 
certain bases do not want to bring up, probably because they can't answer for it and can't explain it either. And like I said, I'm just waiting for one or two more things to become official. And then we're going to go over it because I think it's going to be a very uncomfortable conversation and it's going to deal with not opinions, not point of views, but facts. And I think it's going to be one of those things that when it comes to light and when it comes up, it's not about who you're a fan of, who's your cup of tea, who's not your cup of tea. At the end of the day, it's going to be strictly about facts and it's going to be very interesting to see what takes are on it. So, you know, like I said, just waiting for a few more things to become official. And you know what, then I'll run, I'll let you in on what I'm talking about. And then we'll, on a quiet week where where all hell doesn't break loose, we'll, we'll delve into that for two hours. Okay. Sounds cool. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. All right. Later, John. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. This was a Tuesday episode of Unpopular uh, unsure when we will do another show. Uh, there's just so much stuff going on. We've got the draft coming this week, and we also got more AEW stuff. So we'll probably, a lot of since some of stuff is happening, I think it's probably for the best maybe if we wait until next Friday. So um, also it depends on John's schedule as well. And, um, you know, we just got to see what's going on. So uh, thanks, you guys, for, for listening, and we will see you guys probably next week. All right, peace. Have a good Tuesday, everybody.